Thank you for visiting Crosslink Community Church. We are located in Terre Haute, Indiana. For more information, please visit us online at cocchurch.com. Let's listen to one of our Sunday morning messages. Well, good morning. It's, so, it's, it's weird in here this morning, isn't it? It's a little different. We continue our series this morning on prayer. Uh, the second in the series, and uh, we'll take a little break from that next week, and we'll follow it up the week after. I don't know about you, but there are times that we pray, and it just, you ever had the sensation that it just feels like what you're praying goes up, bounces off the ceiling, and comes back? You ever felt like, man, I don't know if, if anybody's up there, I don't know if, if God's paying attention to me, I don't know if my prayers really get heard, I don't, I, I just don't, no, I mean, it just sometimes it feels like, why is God not answering my prayers? The, the fact of the matter is that God is probably answering our prayers, just not in the way we want him to. We expect a yes, and the answer is no. But um, there are those times when you definitely get the sensation and the feeling that, no, there's, there's definitely a no answer coming back. Why is God saying no? Why, why um, to put it in a childlike way, why am I not getting what I want? And um, we're going to look at that a little bit this morning. Uh, you probably could tell your own story. We probably all have stories that we could tell about how we have prayed and asked God for things and expected the right answer, and, and it didn't come. I, I've heard Ted Turner talk about why he's not a Christian, uh, the broadcaster, and one of the reasons is because he had a sister that got really, really sick, and he prayed that God would heal his sister, and his sister passed away. And he said, you know, I, I just, I could never get to a place where I could believe in a God that would let my sister die. Um, that's not an uncommon thing. You hear that a lot from people. If you talk to people about faith very often and talk to them about God, many, many times what, what you'll get back is this, this idea that because I didn't get my prayer answered right or because I, I didn't get what I expected, um, my faith has suffered or I don't even have faith at all. And I'm not picking on Ted Turner at all. That He's not alone. There's a lot of people that that uh, have felt that way. And, and so I want to look a little bit this morning at why God doesn't answer our prayers uh, the way that we think that he should. Some of you are carrying some heavy things today. Some of you have things on your mind and on your plate that, um, you know, are, are, are a burden, that are a problem for you. you. You have very passionately laid those things out for God and you've said, God, I, you know, you maybe have even used the term pretty please you know what god what do i have to do to to get through to you to help you to understand and see that that what i'm trying to uh, go through here is difficult and that i need your help and and you're really hoping that god answers your prayers the way you want some of you have prayed very passionately and and you didn't get the answer you want and and you prayed for somebody in a sickness and you just believed that god was going to heal that person and he didn't you you just you prayed in all confidence just knowing full well that it was all going to be taken care of and it wasn't uh, some of you are praying right now for someone that you love that they would have an encounter with the living christ and that that uh, their life would be changed and you're praying as hard as you can and the harder you pray it seems the further they get from god have you ever experienced that where you're just lifting somebody up lord bring somebody into their life bring somebody that can bring them close to you and the more the more you pray the harder you pray that the the more fervent that is, it just seems like it just the, the gap gets bigger and the gap gets wider. We're going to take a, a look at some things in the Bible this morning that very clearly lay out what matters to God when we pray. 
Uh, let's look at these. Let's, let's, let's consider together what matters to God when we pray. Number one, your relationship matters. Your relationships matter to God when you pray. The way you treat one another, God would say, is a big deal to me. The way you interact with one another, the way you relate to each other is important to me, and it matters in the, ter- in the grand scheme of, of your prayer life and what goes on when you talk to me. Are you forgiving? Are you growing? Those kind of things. Let's look at Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Jesus' words show us very clearly that when you're praying, your relationships with other people matter. Scripture's pretty clear. You cannot love God and hate your brother. You can't receive forgiveness and not be willing to give forgiveness. The way we treat one another matters, and, and um, you know, how can we receive forgiveness from God over and over and over again and not offer that to other people? How can we know what the grace of God is and yet not be gracious toward other people? Jesus would say, you know, you, that, that's a problem. If you want to come to me, if you want to talk to me, if you want to um, be in relationship with me, one of the things that really matters to me is, is the, the way you hold a grudge against somebody else. You just can't do that. When you pray, you may feel like, man, God is just not answering my prayer. And you may ask yourself, am I forgiving? Am I, am I growing in love toward those around me? And you say, well, Brett, that's just really one verse. Well, then let's, let's look at another verse. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner as, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. So husbands, if you're being a jerk... <laughs> <laughs> you know, your prayer life's suffering, then maybe, that's, maybe there's a connection there, and you're wondering why your prayers aren't being answered. And, and ladies, don't stop nudging, okay? Don't quit with the elbows, because that's not any good either. But if you're being a jerk, guys, that could be your answer right there. I mean, it could be as simple as just, you know, stop being a jerk to your wife. It could be, um, it could be in one of your relationships. What matters to God? Your relationships matter to God. Secondly, your motives matter. That's the second thing. Your, your motives matter. What you're praying for, James chapter 4 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. The motives that you carry when you pray matter to God. In fact, over and over again in the New Testament, you will see the Pharisees praying with wrong motives. The, the Pharisees were really kind of famous for being out in the public eye. They wanted to be in places where people could see them. They really liked to pray. One of the things that happened, um, still happens in some parts of the world today, there would be uh, bells or there were, there were chimes. There was something that happened that marked a, a point in the day where they were to pray. And they knew when those times were going to be. And oftentimes the Pharisees would make sure that they were in a public place when the chime rang for you to be in prayer mode because they wanted to be seen by other people praying a lot. And so they would pray. They would pray long prayers. They would pray prayers with great big huge words that that sounded great uh, to people who would be passing by. And their motive was pretty much, look at me and hear me. Their prayers really weren't focused toward God. They were really concerned more with the fact that people heard them and were impressed by them and and, um, the fact that it made them look and feel 
more spiritual maybe than they actually were and god would say look you know if that's the motive behind your prayers then then you're going to get that i mean if if you if if you're praying to be seen by men and to be heard by men then you're going to get it but you know that's not a good motive and some of us if we were really honest would say yeah i've i've probably prayed sometime at some point in my life with with an impure motive you know, it might sound like, oh, Lord, there's this really cute girl at work. And I just, you know, I just really want to see her come to Christ so I can date her. You know, that's, that's, um, that's an impure motive. I mean, you might really want to see her come to Christ, but it sounds like you want to date her too. And, and you know, what's, what is it really about? Is it about her or is it about the date? And, uh, or, or I like, you know, the one, God, if you just will help me win the lottery, I'll tithe. Or I'll give half of all of it to, to you. Well, and God would say, well, you're not tithing now. What makes you think you would tithe if you won the lottery? I mean, it's, you know, our motives, our motives. God bless me. Help me get that promotion. What is the motive behind what it is that we ask for many times? It's one of those things that you just hold up sometime and you look at and you just ask God, okay, what God, in the grand scheme of things, as I ask for these things, I just want to check myself and see if, if, I'm, if I'm asking you with the right motive. The right motive matters to God. Um, Proverbs sixteen two says, "All a man's ways seem innocent to him; <clears throat> seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord." So, what matters when you pray? Your relationships matter to God when you pray. Um, your your motives matter to God when you pray. And thirdly, the way you live matters to God when you pray. Someone would say, "Well, your prayers are as powerful as Billy Graham's prayers." Someone would tell you that your your prayers are every bit as powerful. As Billy Graham's prayers. Well, I, I don't know that I would say that. I would say that you have the same access as Billy Graham, certainly. You have the same um, prayer power potential as Billy Graham. But Scripture seems to indicate that the way you live actually matters in the, in the power of your prayers. James chapter 5, verse 16 says this, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person, not a, not a cool person, not the prayer of a person who goes to church all the time, although that's a great thing, not the prayer of a person who has an old, worn-out Bible that's all marked up, although that's a great thing, not the prayer of a, of a contemporary person or a person who's you know, got a new theology or a, you know, that seems to understand things differently, not, not any of that. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Let me ask you this: Who would you rather give your money to? If I was going to, if if you were going to give a donation to one of these two kinds of people, would you give your money to a guy who has turned down two jobs because they both are beneath him, and the last time you gave him money, he decided he was going to go out and get take the money and spend it on something that you wouldn't want him to spend it on, or would you? instead want to give that money to a guy that was busting his tail for his family was working two jobs did everything he could made sure that his kids were taken care of and provided for and did the right things with what he had been given which person are you most likely to bless which person are you most likely to give to you're probably going to give to the second guy and not the first guy now i can't tell you that um God's always going to do it that way. I can't tell you what God's always going to do and not do, but it appears that the way you live matters to God. Proverbs chapter 15, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he, he hears the prayers of the righteous. 
The way you live matters. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that if you, if you try really hard and you're better than other people and you're better than... We're having issues with my microphone. We have for a couple of weeks, so I'm going to sit back down. I think that would be a good thing. It's not about you being better than the person next to you. I'm not telling you that if you're better than the person next to you, then, then um, God has to do everything that you ask him to do. That's not what we're saying. Neither am I saying that if you have totally blown it big time and completely wrecked your life and messed up and, and you've just done horrible things that God would never answer a prayer of yours and God doesn't hear you pray. It's not what I'm saying at all. But it does appear that on some level the way you live matters to God when you pray. So your relationships matter. Your motives matter. The way you live matters. And number four, your faith matters. Your faith matters to God. James chapter 1 verse 6. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Your faith matters to God. God seems to respond to very simple childlike faith. It's one of the things that God really likes. He likes a faith that is, is very simple, that, that, that has a, a basic trust to it, like that of a child. And for many of us, the longer we do the church thing, the, the, the less childlike we seem to be. It seems like that for many of us, and I know that even for myself, there are times that I'm so educated that I know in advance what God can and can't do or what God will and will not do. You ever gotten there? You ever said to yourself, well, God won't do that. God's, I mean, I, I could pray that prayer, but God's not going to do that. And sometimes we can get ourselves so educated and so uh, steeped in going to church and hanging out with church people, and we think we know all about it, and we know what will, God will do and what God won't do, and we kind of lose that whole childlike faith thing. Our faith matters to God, and yet the Bible uh, says that all things are still possible with God, and at some level, your faith in God matters. Do you remember the two guys that uh, were blind, and they ran to Jesus, and they said, you know, son of mercy, uh, son of uh, David, have mercy on us. They just kept crying that out, son of David, have mercy on us. Matthew chapter 9 says this, then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, it will be done to you, and their sight was restored. The same God that did that 2,000 years ago is the same God that can answer your prayers and answer my prayers today. When you believe that all things are possible with God, when you have faith, your faith matters. Now, some of you are going to go, great, all I have to do then is I just have to have enough faith, and if I have enough faith, I can believe God for a new luxury vehicle and that'll be parked in my driveway and I'll have everything that I want if I just believe. And, you know, you, we walk up on you and you'd be, you know, believing. You know, what are you doing? I'm believing. You know, I got faith. It's almost like you can see it sometimes on people, right? If they, if they just, if they just, if they can clench their fist hard enough, if they could, you know, if they could make their heart beat hard enough or whatever it is that, that will show God that they have faith and then all these great and wonderful things will happen. Um, you know, if I just have faith, and, then God will have to do what I tell him to do. It doesn't, that's not what we're saying. Here's another thing that matters. 
God's will also matters. God's will matters. 1 John chapter 5. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, I'll read that again because that's a pretty absolute statement. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. If we ask anything according to the, his will, he hears us. Now and then you will hear a preacher on television that will preach what preachers call a name it and claim it gospel. Um, blab it and grab it. You know, I mean, what kind of words do you want to apply to that, that whole theology? Just this whole idea that if you just say, God, that's mine, that God's going to give that to you. God's will actually matters. Um, this isn't in my notes, but I'm going to tell you this story anyway because I think it fits. I, when I was a senior in college, my wife who is famous for doing this in our house, and she knows I hate it, but she does it anyway. She filled my name on a card and dropped it in a thing for me to win a car at the mall one time. And I hate it when people do things like that. We took a bunch of people to uh, Catalyst one year, and uh, somebody went around and filled out, at every booth, they filled my name out on cards and dropped it in for drawings, and I kept getting all these calls and emails. Well, my wife did this when we were in college. We had just gotten married, and she uh, filled my... In fact, I don't even think we were married yet. This might have been my junior year. She, she, we'd been to the mall at my hometown. They had a, a Honda CRX. That tells you how long ago this was. They had a Honda CRX in the middle of the mall. Pretty little car, and we looked at it, you know, and I didn't know that she'd done this, but she went and filled out both our names and dropped them in the fishbowl thing for the drawing on the new car. Well, about halfway through my the spring of my probably my junior year I, I get this letter in the mail that tells me that my name has been selected to be one of I don't know, 25 or 50 people I think it was 50 people who were going to be able to have a chance to win this Honda CRX so what was going to happen was I was going to have to go home from school this drawing happened on a Tuesday night so I had to go home from college which was a four and a half hour trip I had to be on the premises at the Honda dealer where they were going to do this whole big drawing thing. So I'm telling everybody I know that they, you know, pray for me to win this car. Pray for me to win this car. I went home and I told my, my home preacher, I said, LD, this is what's going on. Myra entered me in this contest and I've got a chance to win a Honda CRX. Pray for me that I'll win the Honda. He said, I'm not going to do it. I said, what do you mean you're not going to do it? Come on. I mean, I pray for you. He said, Brett, do you really need a brand new car? He said, how did you get home? I said, well, I drove. Did the car work okay? Yeah, it worked fine. Well, do you really need one? Well, I need want one. <laughs> you know, we, we do that, don't we? I need want one. He said, I'm not, praying for you to, I'm not praying for you to win the car. And he didn't. And I didn't win either. So it's all his fault. So I blame LD for the whole... <laughs> for the whole thing. You know, you read about the Apostle Paul in Scripture, and one of the things you find out about the Apostle Paul is he had this thing. There was something going on in his heart, in his, in his life, something, I don't, we don't know whether it was a physical thing. We don't know what it was, really, but it was enough that Paul said, I have prayed to the Lord, and I have pleaded with him on three different occasions that he would take this thing away from me. 
And it's called a thorn in his side. And Scripture says that he pleaded with God about whatever this thing was. You know, God, just, you know, please, please, I'm, I'm begging you, take this from me. And the Greek word for pleaded is as strong a word as it can be when it talks about this particular thing. In fact, when Jairus came to, to Jesus and he asked that he would heal his daughter, the same word gets used. And it is just, it's almost like a falling on your knees and begging kind of thing. Would you, would you please come help? And the Bible tells us that that's where Paul got with this thing, this thorn in his side, whatever it was, that he, he wanted it gone. He, he needed it gone. And he pleaded to God. And, and God's response was, I've got a, another plan, and it's going to show you that my grace is sufficient for you, and it's going to show you that you can actually live with this thing, whatever it is, and, and, and that my grace is going to be enough for you, Paul. I, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, take it away. I'm going to show you that my power is perfected in your weakness. I'm going to show you that that uh, I'm bigger than whatever it is that's there, and, and I, I'm, you know, no, I'm... I'm I'm going to do something greater in you, something that's even greater than what you're asking me to do, Paul. So the answer to the whole thorn in the side thing is, no, I'm not going to do that. Because my will matters, God would say. That's why when Jesus was in severe pain, before his crucifixion, when he's, when he's alone in his prayer time and he's praying to God, that's why when he, 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 he knelt down and he said, Lord, you know, take this away from me. If there's, if there's any other way for you to do what you need to do other than for me to have to go through this, take this cup from me. T please take it away from me. That's why we read in chapter 22 of Luke, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. God, this is what I want. And I know you can. I know you have the power to do it. But if you don't, God, I will still trust you. God's will matters. Now, having said all that, what matters most to God is if you want God to answer your prayers, this is a really big thing. This, this next thing I'm going to say is, is really a big thing. The most important thing is you have to have an honest relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. It doesn't mean that you have to be sinless. It doesn't mean that, you, that you, you have to go through life and that you have to nail everything. I mean, there, look, we're, you know, we're all train wrecks in the room, right? It doesn't mean that you've got to have it all put together. But what it means is you have to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Listen to this. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. You want God to answer your prayers? You need to know him. God wants to hear from you. He wants to act on your behalf. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to know you. You think about the idea that the one who made us, the one who is in charge of everything, the one who is what we call sovereign God over it all, who, who sees all our stuff, who, who knows our, all of our 
motives, our hidden stuff, all of that. And he wants a relationship with us still. Now, he doesn't treat us the way other people do because, quite honestly, we, you know, other people just don't have the capacity God has. But God sees us and God says, I want a relationship with you. I want to bless you. I want to protect you. I want to provide for you. And, and over all the things that we've talked about and, and getting God to answer our prayers as if, you know, it sounds like we're, you know, trying to finagle or set ourselves up or whatever. I'm just laying those things out for you. At the end of the day, it comes down to, do you have a, a relationship with God, an honest relationship with God through Jesus Christ? We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. You can have a relationship with Christ. If you have never given your life to Christ, if you have never um, received forgiveness, if you've never looked at what happened on the cross and said, that, that act happened for me, then that could happen today. I mean, if it, you know, and I realize that you think, man, I don't want to go forward. I don't want to do all that. Well, that's fine. Maybe you just need to talk to somebody. And um, there are people here who would love to do that with you. I would love to do that with you. If, you, if, you've, if you're thinking about giving your life to Christ, come see me. Let's sit down and talk about what that looks like and what it means for your life and, and how it could change your life in such a beautiful, wonderful way. But you want God to hear your prayers? It all really starts with an honest relationship with him through Jesus Christ. We're going to stand and sing in a moment. You'll have an opportunity to give your life to Christ. And uh, I hope that there's somebody in the room that might even be willing to do that this morning. Let's pray together. Father, you're awful good to us. And uh, our prayers sometimes, I think if we just would listen to them. I think if we really just stopped and listened to ourselves pray sometimes, we would hear <laughs> what you hear, and we would hear motives that aren't right. We would hear relationships that are out of kilter. Uh, we, would, we would see, Father, that sometimes we're, we're just a little on the misguided side as we offer our prayers to you. Father, I, I do uh, give you thanks that you listen to us. I do give you thanks that you consider what we say and you know what we need, that your provisions for us are absolutely perfect. We may not always understand. But, Father, we, we know this. We know that, that you love us enough that you would send Jesus to die for us. And we know that you love us enough that you didn't just leave him on the cross, but that God, God was raised from the dead. And, and you showed us, Father, there is a way to overcome death. There's a way to overcome uh, sin. There's a way to overcome all this. And so, Father, this morning in this place, we just give you thanks that you hear our prayers, that you love us, that you consider us, and that you've saved us. And, Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for visiting. We hope you've been encouraged. Please feel free to visit us online at clcchurch.com.